they had this great podcast and they got me on it and I don't know what they were expecting. Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. And I'm Al. And I'm Brett. And I'm Jeff. And this is Fools with Tools, a podcast for the perfect podcaster. Uh, so, gentlemen, how is everyone? What's everyone been up to? Jeff, you're the guest. Let's go with you first. What have you been up to, my friend? A lot of horse shit. It's been, it's been uh, knives, knives, knives. And uh, everything's <laughs> kind of slowly closing down. And I'm starting to finish up my deadlines. And, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. How are you? Uh, I'm oh, good. Oh, P.S. I'm very grateful that you guys had me on. I appreciate it. I'm a fan <laughs> of Fools with Tools. And I'm very appreciative that you have me on your podcast. Thank you it, so much. It is an absolute honor and a pleasure to have you yeah. on. Why can't more of our guests be like that? I know, we'll right? See how you, we'll, see how you feel. we'll see how you feel in a, in a little bit. It might not be such an honor. <laughs> uh, Jeff I'm, is so much better when I get him for three minutes at a time or on my yeah. own fruition. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I have to admit, as soon as you said knives, 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 I was thinking uh, girls, girls, girls is in the song. Oh, yeah. and, yeah. uh, and now that's that's going to be a, a mental image that's going to live in my head for a while. Well, it's going to uh, be like all Norwal horns. <laughs> yes. Be, you know. Very topical. Well done. Where did we get that? Yeah, that was that, a, that was a very. Can you believe that? It was fucking amazing. So, do you need to set that whole story up? Or yeah, I need to know what's going on. I have no on. idea what All you're right. talking about. <laughs> oh right. fuck! Really? All right, go Jeff. You, Jeff, you go. Well, there was a very um, a terrible terrorist incident in London. Oh yeah. Um, and and this terrorist had a knife, and he started stabbing people, and the chef. From do you, Steve, do you remember the name, the name of the restaurant or the, uh, the place was um, Wales, no, Wales the fishmonger, the fishmongers, yeah. something like that. The chef runs out and he grabs the first thing on the wall that he sees, which is a fucking Norwal tusk, and he goes after the guy and he ho- and he has a Norwal tusk. He's he's holding this guy, pinning him down and stabbing at him with this Norwal horn, while another guy's jacking him up with a a fire extinguisher and the whole story was so crazy because everyone's just like yeah this guy like subdued this terrorist or helped subdue this terrorist before the police showed up with a norwal horn <laughs> seriously yeah and it's mo- the most expensive thing he probably had on the wall i mean who, i mean those <laughs> yeah. things are like between 10 grand and like 35 grand and uh and he just i mean it's incredible it's an incredible story of yeah. heroism yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. It was. Uh, I'm just quickly double checking on the on a news website, and yeah. yeah, basically, it was a Polish-born chef. Uh, the The attack happened uh, just inside Fishmongers Hall in yeah. uh, in London, which is why there was an oil tusk on the wall. But of yeah, course. it was fucking insane. Like if uh-huh. you if you look, there's videos, and there's one guy with a fire extinguisher just spraying the guy in the face, and then this this other guy with this fucking huge great tusks just yeah. snapping at him brilliant so we know what everyone's going to be making next year is now all tusks so yeah uh, maybe batch out a few key rings or something well, i yeah, said on, i totally. said on i said on the last episode of uh knife talk i'm like yeah the owner of the restaurant was just like wait wait don't grab that grab something else. <laughs> <laughs> it honestly is probably this was probably the smartest idea because he could keep yeah. the dude at bay with mm. this yeah five foot horn yeah but i mean it's just like i mean it's just only i guess it's a crazy story because it was of all things is a Norwal tusk. <laughs> exactly. You know? Okay. Cool. I need clarification. Is a Norwal tusk 
cheaper than a narwhal tusk? What's a narwhal tusk? <laughs> <laughs> narwhal, uh, baby. That- baby. I don't know. You know, I, I don't speak so good, so I it could be either one. I have no idea. But uh, there might be a discount. I don't know. But now I, that that's probably the, uh, the most valuable narwhal tusk around. That's for sure. Yeah, narwhal. definitely. Battle, you know? battle ready. <laughs> that's the that's that should be the next video for puppet brett oh dear <laughs> yes congratulations by the way uh brett did this video of i mean it was like my, one of my favorite youtube videos puppet brett forged a sword from dark crystal i watched it this morning you're like you're like jim henson's clone <laughs> i have to admit like the puppet itself although i did give you some shit about it in the pre-show like the puppet is fucking amazing. Like <laughs> it was a really good. Job. Thank you. You. I, the I appreciate the, way... the fact that yes, it has more beard hair than I do. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also there's a specific reason for that, and it's because you'll find out because I like no surprise. I made the puppet for that video. I filmed a video of the puppet making the puppet. So oh there is a God. massive seam underneath that so uh, i hid the entire thing with beard hair so nice. eat it steve and you can find out about it and watch why i did everything the way that i did because sorry ellen and sharon and uh people <laughs> know what they're doing yeah <laughs> knows what they're doing with sewing i mean i feel like patty's gonna be upset with me because i just has anyone ever seen uh Wee's big adventure where he walks by <laughs> the snake tank when he's rescuing all the animals it was like I was working on the puppet and I just kept walking by her sewing machine going like, no. <laughs> I didn't sew anything on the puppet. Shut and that made for some very open seams and things that I had to hide anyway. So, yeah, that's why it's got a full beard. Well, the acting of the uh, regardless of the beard, the acting of the puppet was very, very good. Like there were these the ending scenes where he would do like his take his head and you give a little bit of a satisfied shake <laughs> and then there was another one where he would leave the scene and he would do a big the hair would flip over and he was very like abrupt the whole thing was very good and just like this the deep size the 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 puppet showed a very great range of emotion which i didn't think could happen Look, but i i love that video i thought that was great i hope puppet brett comes back a few more times i'm yeah. i'm sure he will he's he's packed away safely at the moment but i'll i'll say this that I have always had an appreciation for Jim Henson, everything and Muppets and Dark Crystal specifically. Oh, I remember watching the shit out of that movie when I was growing up. Um, I didn't think that I was going to be like a puppeteer going into this video. I figured I could bullshit my way through it. And I was I have such an appreciation for the people that can make an inanimate object on their hand have life and be a character because everything that I did is like pretty basic and kind of silly. And it took me 50 shots to do every single action because my hand kept getting in it right. or like my body was in there. Um, puppeteers are fucking wizards. I cannot <laughs> believe how talented some of those people are that you, you that realm of disbelief that you walk into. If you're like, okay, I get it. It's a puppet. If you can push that aside and just, understand how much work they're doing to create something lifelike it yeah i have a brand new appreciation for that after well he had flair he had (laughs) he had that kind of jim henson flair especially the turning the abrupt turning and and like kind of walking off the set it was very (laughs) like 
It, they had a little bit of Ernie and Bert going on there. Yeah. It was very, <laughs> very, 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 I was very impressed. Like, ah, oh, this guy knows what he's doing. This must have been what he did before in his previous life. He's a puppeteer. <laughs> I'm surprised this is your first time. Have you seen the um, the documentary about um, being Elmo? Wow. Yes. The, the Kevin Clash, the puppeteer who who basically did Elmo for the entire, his entire career. Yeah. And it's like him from a kid when he like goes to meet Jim Henson and he's like this like 17, 18 year old kid. And he just lets him like have a trial at being Elmo. Yeah. And he's amazing. Just all the characters. And like, and like you're saying um, with like the turning and stuff and just the, the abrupt movements and everything he does, it's just absolutely fantastic. And you see the effort that goes into it. It's like, fuck these guys. Like, it's not just someone going, rah, 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 rah. <laughs> and, and you just think like, you know, Frank Oz's voice and, and, the, and the voices behind it just make it all. It's like, no, there's so much like nuance in it. It's yeah. unbelievable. But Spoiler it's not- alert. Didn't he get fired? It's it's a it's a dramatic story. I won't spoil yeah. it. <laughs> oh, all right. well, sorry about that. Sorry about that. Yeah, maybe he didn't get fired. <laughs> but but that's the thing is that's true of like almost anything. Like you look at uh, like Andy Circus, Cir- Circus, Circus, yeah, Circus, Circus. Fine, yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, you look at like the, the like the amount of work that he's done, where you know he's covered with three foot of fucking CGI afterwards, like. It's yeah. not. It's not just the CGI that's that's giving the character the expression. It's him putting it all into it. Like even if it's um, uh, the the voice is done over again. Like in fact, fucking what well, uh, we were talking about it yesterday. Um, Darth Maul. Uh, he is like the, there's a a guy that that plays him on screen, and then there's Ray um, Park. Yeah, and the guy that. Uh, voice does the voice for him, which is the guy from Spaced, which I never realized until Peter Serafinovitz. Yeah, who, who are you guys talking about? <laughs> yeah, welcome, so, welcome, welcome to Knife Talk. Yeah, yeah that's right, that's right. So, <laughs> Here comes Mister. I don't believe in fantasy anymore. I mean, I just, <laughs> I, that's I. That's the, so I, I might have to duck out when you guys talk about these balls, dark balls, balls, so, balls. Darth Maul is from oh. Star Wars and Spaced. Is a fucking amazing uh, British comedy show that only ran for two seasons and is just the best. Well, that's um, where, just to give Jeff some context, that's where Simon Pegg and Nick Frost kind of got their start. So the guys that did Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz and... Okay, okay. You know, that, that, uh, yes, 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 yes. Okay, yes, no, so right. Space okay. was like their first venture into producing a television show. All right, there you anyway, go. Anyway, it was great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so... Brett, uh, seeing as you've already told us about making a puppet and video and stuff, what else have you been up to this week? Uh, yeah, so the putting out the video was nice and it was a good achievement. Um, I was actually really happy with how the video came out and I'm glad that everything puppet-wise looked the way that it did. The reception has been great, though... Uh, admittedly, I had a handful of people going, oh man, I hope this video, a couple early comments were like, I hope this video gets picked up by the algorithm. It's great. I love this video. And it is absolutely like normal, <laughs> happy, happy that everyone is liking it. The comments that people have put out there are really humbling and it's very nice. Feels like a good win to put that video out. And Drew, the recipient of the gift is super happy, uh, to have seen the video now and see how it got made and everything. So I'm happy that all that went the way that it went. Um, I've spent the last week doing a little bit more packing and getting a crate together that I've got to ship out. 
Um, I'm trying to get one more project squeaked out, but I, by the time this podcast comes out, I will not be in upstate New York. Whoa. Yeah. So there's just a, you know, I say a lot to do. I've, I've been working on it for the last couple of weeks. So really I'm just in like the final throes of, of prepping for a pretty decent road trip. (laughs) Is this for good? Yeah. Well, I'm sorry for not knowing. Well, tell, That's I, okay. You listen to the podcast. If, I if, didn't listen to the last episode. I, there was, I, I, there was a couple. There was a couple. I, I you don't have to apologize. I might, yeah, I might <laughs> need a little bit of whoops. But so, so, where? Wh- go ahead. <laughs> All right, yeah. For anyone that's listening that has already heard this, bear with me. Uh, uh, quick story, Jeff. I am going to venture on to my my own thing, and. I haven't spent a lot of time at home in the last few years since being upstate. So first step is I'm going back to Kansas City, where I'm from. I'm going to spend the holidays with the family, maybe get a little bit of projecty stuff done around the house that the family's been wanting to do, but doesn't have time to. Um, spend spend a decent amount of time with them before the next thing kicks off. Very cool. Yeah. See, I knew of this, but uh, you guys have to know that your listeners, this might be their first time hearing the podcast. So that's s- good setup. I am very big on the good setup. So the continuity oh. is good for your all your new listeners. Okay, so if Here this is are. the new podcast. So, uh, hey, we're going to take a break with Jeff and talk about combat abrasives because... Fifteen percent off. Promo code knife caught talk fifteen. My man. Don't don't be don't be dangling a ad in front of me, boy. I'll I'll bite like a. I will fucking bite it like a fish. I will like a bass. I'll hit that popper like a bass. (laughs) Fucking brilliant. It's great. But But that's it it for me. Take it off me. Sponsor break. Cool. Okay. Uh, Al, what have you been doing? <laughs> so it's it's that time of year um, where a design agency you take Christmas parties far too seriously, <laughs> um, and this year was a um, it was like a nativity <laughs> nativity themed uh, Christmas party, um, and I got given the character of Caesar Augustus, that classic uh, character of the nativity. So go. I I made an entire like. Um... What if you're Jewish? What if you're Jewish? <laughs> Who's that? Who's Caesar Augustus? I have no idea. He's the first, very first Roman emperor. Ah, okay, all right. Yeah, uh, adopted son of of Caesar, and basically, yeah, founded the, the 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 beginning of the Roman Empire. But he was the 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 leader of Rome at the time of the the nativity story. Okay. Um, there was like Christmas dinosaur and Christmas like. <laughs> the, they were not necessarily traditional characters um so i had to bust out a like make a roman costume in like two hours on the night of the uh, <laughs> on the night of the party because the rest of the week i've been building the actual um uh, stable so i built like a full stable for everybody to go and go into and like of a, course you did <laughs> and uh like a manger and stuff for jesus to get in and i was like there's gonna be a lot of drinking i'm gonna have to make this so like Four adults are going to get into this manger, and it's going to take their yeah. weight. And I'm glad I did because by the end of it, there was like three people stuck <laughs> in, in, in this manger. Sh- who got the short straw to play baby Jesus? The ironically, the tallest man at work, so this like <laughs> nice. six foot six foot eight Dutch guy. Um, but his his costume was legit. 
he just got a, like a, a crib and a little baby doll and took the head off and just wore it around his neck like <laughs> like a <laughs> necklace. That's, That's super funny. It was great. Um, so yeah, so uh, building that, putting that up, uh, and then yesterday morning with a massive hangover, I went and took it all down, um, and then had basically this barn that I was like, oh, what am I going to do with this barn? <laughs> so I, <laughs> I took it back home, um, took down the shitty tarpaulin that I had uh, covering up the forging area, and basically just put the barn in its place. So I've now got nice. an, an, an entire outdoor area uh, with with my shitty anvil and uh, awesome barbecue forge. That's fucking awesome, man. <laughs> Wow. Um, although I must admit, the whole time you were saying uh, about your story, it reminded me of some random video I saw on the internet today. Apparently, Noddy Holder, as in it's Christmas Noddy Holder, uh, once was uh, driving home and got stopped by a policeman for trying to, whilst dressed as Joseph, uh, <laughs> got stopped by a policeman for trying to push a donkey off the road. <laughs> a real donkey? Yeah. A real donkey. Um <laughs> uh, <laughs> But yeah, that's fucking cool, man. Uh, so that means you've actually got a proper like. Is it like a? I'm, I'm guessing it's like a lean-to off the hack shack. Yeah, yes, yeah, so it's like three three walls open, like a stable, like an into. It's exactly like in your head. So like I, I every school so. play, that's what I built. It might be yeah. Al's manger. Might, might be Al's mangers. Might be a better name for the hack shack. Al's manger. I like that. So, the, the anointed. The anointed. Uh, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, kind of, I'm kind of mangy, so it works. Well, yeah, there you go. Boom. <laughs> and also, uh, Monday managed to get out the uh, the treasure trade gift. So nice. after a lot of fucking hours put into that, um, that got sent out on its on its travels. Won't give away where it's going to in case it still doesn't get there. Um, but also received mine as well, which is super sweet. So Ooh. I got I got some hand carved pipes, pipes, pipes. Um, oh, from, a pipe, <laughs> a pipe from Mog. So I'm looking forward to to cracking some tobacco in those bad boys and giving them a smoke. Question for you: What's yes. between a pipe and a doodine? What What's a doodine? the fuck is a doodine? Isn't that you're like no, chips no and gravy do. in Canada? You guys are, I thought you guys are like all Gandalf, you know, <laughs> guys. It's that long ass pipe that like comes out like a foot. You know, you know what a doodine is, isn't that? That's Never not heard it. That's not. God damn it! I spell it. I, I thought you. Could, I don't know how to spell it. I know how to say it. <laughs> I thought it's like one of those long wizard pipes. It's like yeah. super, super long. My dad was a big pipe guy. Nice. He never had a doodine. Yeah, if you go if you go d o d e a n, that's a table tennis player. Not him. Maybe he got a pipe. Maybe he got a pipe on him. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Um, yeah, no, I've never no, heard no, one of those. Yeah, they're sweet. They look sweet. They're like what those. They're super long, and they yeah. Come. And uh, uh, there's a there's a tattoo artist in Japan who does the tattoo uh, design work for Oakley Knives. He's in Australia, and his whole thing. I forgot his name, but he's really cool, and he does all these tattoos of these Japanese characters, but they're all frogs. So like there'll be a frog samurai or a far frog holding, and he always has this long, like a a doodine or a long pipe in his mouth. It's awesome. the greatest, my favorite. That's great. Sorry for derailing. That's what I do. <laughs> Fine. Welcome do derailing. to derailing. Yeah. Um, Steve, is it your turn? Uh, pro- yes. Yeah, sorry, I was looking at pictures of pipe on the internet. Stop um, it! Oh, baby. <laughs> Now yeah. we're talking. Now we're now we're getting in there. He's pipe yeah. talk. The pipe. <laughs> <laughs> pipe talk. Uh, yeah. What have I been up to? I uh, I I did a load of work. Um, we're still at the Christmas markets, so we're still forging 
constantly uh, taking stuff up to the markets, uh, tearing the end of my finger off on the wire wheel, which is always good fun. Um, Good. Yeah, especially when you catch it the second time, so it's not taking off skin, it's just taking off scabs and flesh. It's so so nice. Um, And in case you didn't know, spraying WD-40 into an open wound is really painful. Um, But on the plus side, uh, this weekend... I only had to do a couple of hours in the workshop, so I got to spend the rest of the day uh, actually working on my treasure trade. So, <laughs> it's a bit late, Steve. Yeah, I know. Uh, so I've actually done something for a treasure trade. Um, uh, I'm going to send it and a couple other bits out. There is a third part to the treasure trade, which is not going to get completed uh, anytime soon. So I'm going to save that and put a note in the thing saying, you're getting something else extra later on, but <laughs> sorry. Um, but yeah, so it's. I know there were rules, but I didn't follow them at yeah. all in the slightest. You're welcome. <laughs> I, I've been busy. Sorry. Um, yeah. But yeah, so uh, it's really good to get that out and done. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's been good. And I've, I've done some other stuff as well, I think. <laughs> I know. I've, I've listened to a lot of podcasts and audiobooks over the last few days because I've just spent uh, last week or so because I've just spent the entire time like furiously working on um, long tasks. So it's been a lot of like cleaning stuff off on the wire wheel or um, like waxing stuff or just forging like tapers or, or something like that. So lots of like really repetitive stuff where I don't really need to think or talk to anyone. Um so yeah, it's been really good having that. I've I've finished uh, Guards Guards by Terry Pratchett on audiobook, which is actually really good. I've listened to Jeff talk a lot uh, <laughs> on two two podcasts. Uh, Too much. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Like I I know we talked about it in the pre-show, but just in case anybody out there that is into metalworking doesn't listen to the Blacksmith Pub podcast, go and listen to it. It's fucking ace that last episode was a shithouse it was a a fun shithouse it was brilliant it was a real shit it was a fun shithouse that's all i'm gonna say it's a fun shithouse i I still can't believe that you went from you know the last knife talk podcast was you for an hour and a half solo Uh and feel free to explain if you feel like it but then going the two podcasts that I've listened to with you on were you completely solo for an hour and a half and uh, then a complete shit show with well, too many the shit, people. Well, the, the Blacksmith's Pub, I love those guys. Jesse and Rick are buddies of mine for a long time. Uh, there were also in uh, members of the Modern Forge with Cliff Dufton and uh, John Ariani and, and Damascus Dave. And um, they wanted to do an end of the year call and they did one before and we had a good time. And... Um, Jesse said, we're going to call a few people. And they actually, before they got me on, it was great. And then, um, <laughs> no, I'm serious. I'm serious. I was listening because I was listening to my part. And I was just like, what the fuck? When they called me up, uh, a little backstory is a couple hours before they started podcasting, I was on a group text with, with Jesse and Rick and, De- and John Ariani. And Rick let the horse out of the bag. He's going to start drinking early. So he had to start drinking two hours before they even started. So I was like, oh my God. And by the time they got to, and if you listen to the podcast, it's great because as the podcast is going, Rick's holding it together, totally holding it together. And then <laughs> off to Barterland, off to Barterland, <laughs> off to Barterland. 
And then John Ariani started taking the stick, and he was holding the show together. And Jesse it was fucking was brilliant. And then they got me on, and it was like the wheels fell off. And I don't know what they expected. <laughs> they don't know what they expected me to do. They're like, "What's your problem, Fader?" Like, I don't know what's going on. You're all, you're all drunk and crazy. Is John's there, like trying to keep everything together? Jesse just fucks off to go get it, like pick up his daughter. Yeah, and and Bart is just shit faced. It's definitely fucking hilarious. It was. It was. If you listen to at first, I thought I sent a message to Jess next day. I was like, "Well, that was." was weird and he says and he says to me he's like it sounds a lot better than you think and then i listened to it i was just like this is a great podcast and then they had me come on and i remember how crazy it was and then john was lighting me up for not saying anything and it was a a fun podcast a super fun podcast i tell you what i love those guys they're the most sincere friends i have i they're just wonderful people and i love the blacksmith pub guys and and um I can't say enough great things about Rick and Jesse and, and, uh, and, uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, how do you, okay. I I gotta ask a quick question, but you have obviously been on a handful of different podcasts and stuff and your Epicurean video, if, Uh, if no one's seen it or heard of it, you have the personality, you have the face for radio with the personality to just talk. Yeah. Well, okay, I needed no, a giggle out of I, that, but I'm thanks, not, guys. I'm not, I feel like an asshole. <laughs> I'm not offended. I'm not offended at all. I, I'll be honest with you. I'm not offended at all. I um, when I was younger, I, I grew up. I'm a child of the '80s, late '70s, early '80s, and my parents were divorced in New York City. I grew up in New York City, and I was alone. My mother worked. My father worked. I was the you know I'd go come home from school by myself, and there was no one there. And I honestly felt like I I felt alone, and I started, my dad started getting me to listen to Don Imus, Imus in the morning, back in the day, when, back in the day, it was really funny, and then it got political and weird, but he just was, he would say outrageous things, and then my dad was just like, hey, listen, I, let's listen to this guy, this new guy came to New York, his name's Howard Stern, let's try him out, and we listened to the first day he was on, and it was, cr- it was like, it was crazy, <laughs> and the craziest thing is, we turn it on, as soon as we turn it on, he goes, all right, the next caller to tell me what Elvis named his penis wins two tickets to see, you know, Elvis Costello or something like that. Oh my God. And it was like so shocking. It was so shocking. My dad was like, I can't believe you said that. And I was like the same way. And then all of a sudden I started listening to these radio guys. But the idea behind the radio is, is if you're listening to it live, you feel like you're part of something. It's the same yeah. reason people like to watch uh, pay-per-views. It's the same reason why people like to watch. You get, you get, um, you get ensconced in the characters and the people, and then you you feel like you're part of something. I I remember, and then so I listen to the radio all the time. I listen to morning radio, afternoon radio, and I, and I even listen to sports radio. I don't even care about sports, but I like to hear how they spoke and how they developed chemistry and all this. So I've always, I mean, when I was a kid, I was like, I was recording in the like microphones. I've always liked what these. It's a power, and if you look at like the best broadcasters in the United States. The best of the best, for some reason, all come from Long Island. It's bizarre. <laughs> like Howard Stern, Opie and Anthony, uh, Sean Hannity, regardless of how you feel about him, Bill O'Reilly, all these guys, uh, Glenn Beck, they're all from Long Island. There's something weird about these broadcasters, and they're magnetic. They're super magnetic. So when I got my first studio in, uh, uh, 1996, 97 in Greenpoint, Brooklyn, I was all alone, and I was listening to the radio. And I remember listening to you know, being part of these events, you know, um, 
and it's just one of those things that have always felt like they, they're there to keep you company. And now with podcasts, you lose the live ability, but you're still keeping someone company. And that's when we started doing knife talk. I had done a lot of flea bag podcasts and I've been on a couple podcasts that were, you know, whatever. And my whole idea was, is that they're either going to throw me on or invite me back, throw me off or invite me back. And that it's either one or the other. That's all I want. Throw me off. Never call me again. Or I don't want tepid. I want, I want to like, a, you know, so being a little controversial is good. Yeah, and my the controversies I stick on to are like these bullshit controversies. Like, you know, don't take a picture. You know, don't take hand pics. And this nonsense is like, <laughs> not, I'm not I'm not talking about real issues here. I'm talking about nonsense issues, which are very simple to, to deal yeah. with. But I, um, that concept of keeping someone company is huge. It's yeah. huge. And I think that's like, because... I think that's why a lot of people like podcasts and why people like listening to podcasts and, and why the, like the, the three person podcast is a great number because it, it allows people room to feel like they're, you know, they, they have something to contribute. Whereas, you know, if you get regularly four or five people on a podcast, there's so much going on that people kind of almost tune out. Um, I think, I think the idea of that kind of, uh, I don't want to say forced controversy, but like that mild controversy and like taking a stand and going with it and getting worked up and passionate and, and like ranting about something. I think that's great because that's what people really enjoy listening to. Well, I think, I think that's one of my favorite things when I started getting introduced to you specifically, Jeff, because it was through Chris Cash and a few of the other guys that were like, dude, you gotta like listen to knife talk or, or like meet Jeff. Um, I started listening to a few episodes of Knife Talk, and I actually really appreciated the fact that most of the time you're you'll be the one that stands up and just goes, "Look, I don't I don't care what you what you think about what I'm going to say, but I'm going to fucking say it, and you can just fucking shut your mouth." And well, there's a you couple- take a stand on something because you're not trying to prove anything to anybody. You're just talking. My personal opinion about podcasts are that I think a lot of podcasters. And people who listen to podcasts, usually they'll all say, I listen to Joe Rogan and this is how he does it. And they just ramble on for three hours and then you just <laughs> kind of dive in and out. The problem is, and this is something that you guys had touched upon a couple episodes ago. You talked about whether I like, you know, you like the reality of people and stuff like that. I think that a lot of people, a lot of people don't realize that, yeah, reality is important, but also it does have to be entertaining. And most podcasters never listen to Howard Stern or Don Imus or like traditional radio where your your job is to be a little bit outrageous in order to keep someone's, you know, I don't need to be loved. I don't need yeah. to be liked. And I, I but but the things that I'm going to like take a stand on are not the ones that I'm going to get death threats about. You know, it's yeah. just like, you know, but at the same time, it's like our podcast itself is great because, you know, Craig is this English. He's a guy from Wales and France and he's very like proper. And then it's I'm like, English. <laughs> I, 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 I know he said the same thing. I, I, he said that to me too. He called me Canadian once for that reason. <laughs> so I understand. You got real mad. I call him English. What the fuck are you talking about? I'm from Wales. I'm like, I don't know what the hell that. Someone asked me, "This is a geometry class." And he called me. So, but and then Mareko, all three of us. Mareko is one of the most talented knife makers in the United States, without question. The yeah. three of us have these different voices, not just you know, in what we say, but the way we say it. So it, it allows you to kind of understand who's who 
which yeah. is good too. Yeah. I think that there's a lot of podcasts out there. This type, this podcast, Tools with Fools, is considered the hang. <laughs> I don't know if you know that. Like, there are certain podcast uh, genres, and this style of podcast is referred to as the hang, where you're just kind of like a bunch of bros, and you're like, you know, you're shooting the shit. Um, versus like what uh, Keith Decent does. Mm. Which is his podcast, which is more similar to which is worthwhile. It's his produced. It's almost like yeah. a documentary. Yeah. It's like a, almost like an NPR. Like a, it's a, almost like a little docu. What you call it? I don't know what the fuck you call it. Yeah, it's you a docu series. Is I guess it wouldn't be a series because not every episode feeds into the other episodes. But right. considering it's, it's like all a, under the same making umbrella, he just. It goes so far outside of the main scope that it just becomes yeah. so full of interesting uh, facts and knowledge. Yeah. It, it's that, a... Sorry, carry on, Jeff. No, no, I was just going to say that The Hang is one, of the, is one of those podcasts that has become very, very approachable to listeners. When we do Knife Talk, I'm not interested in, in just doing... T- I Honestly, I make the joke, like, if it was named Shovel Talk, I'd still do it. You know, I, don't, I don't need to talk <laughs> about knives at all. And I think that people, I think as long as you give a little bit, we give a little bit of information. We want to keep you company. Yeah. No one's sitting around listening to our podcast with a notebook, you know, because yeah. they've done that. We've done, you know, Mareko has given the sources of how you do a coffee etch, which is a very simple way of uh, making the the, con- the contrast in Damascus pop. And we get all of a sudden we'll get somebody right. Hey, can you write that down or can you do a video? Or It's just like, leave me alone. I mean, yeah. you know, <laughs> listen to it again. Yeah. But I, I'm not interested. I'm not honestly... Honestly, 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 I'm not interested in, 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 you know, being like the science guy. I'm just yeah. going to like r- roll my eyes. I'm going to roll my eyes and I'm going to lose my mind. You know? I think that's the thing though. It's like, cause I, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a knife guy by any stretch of imagination. I've, I could probably count on one hand the amount of knives I've actually made. And right. I could, I could count on my elbow, the amount of fingers, uh, amount of knives <laughs> I've made that I actually like. Right. And, uh, but it's <laughs> exactly uh it it what i i love about the show is the fact that that doesn't matter i can still listen to it i can still enjoy it like um when uh when craig was doing the show um like solo and just getting in guests i i listened to it a few times then and it was good but it depended very much on who the guest was whereas now with you three guys it's it's so like I I know every week what it's going to be like. It's it's nice and consistent. It's it's good fun, you know. And I feel like I um I don't want to say I feel like I know you guys, but like I feel like I'm there hanging out with you guys, and it, you know you feel like part of the conversation. Well, P.S. And, speaking of you saying that, we get a lot of people think they know me, and then people <laughs> get real familiar with me, and it's bizarre. <laughs> Yeah, bizarre. It's like they've heard me so much, and they're just like, "Hey, man, uh, how's your family?" And I'm like, "Who are you? What are you talking? About? <laughs> <laughs> Who are? What are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. Remember, they, remember what you said a couple episodes ago? I'm like, no, I don't remember what I said today. Yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but that's the thing is, I think like it's it's one of those things of like you're there to, um, yes, you, it's good to be able to offer information and to like tips and advice and things like that. But you're not running a a, a knife class on the radio you're you're talking about knives so yeah you know, you, oh, you're, you're just there having fun so i think that's that's an important distinction for people is to remember that they're not necessary or that, that it's not a like you say it's not a science program it's just right it's, 
some dudes hanging out talking about well, no, the gonna... last the last episode when Jeff goes on his full on high horse with the mustard etch and you're a liar and who's a oh, cheater. Oh yes, that was so good. For uh, anybody that hasn't listened to it yet, Jeff takes questions during his solo episode of Knife Talk, and one of the guys is talking about cheating or or using like a mustard etch right. to get a pattern, well, but you, it's not I'm, actually I'm, pattern welded. Let me set up. Let me set this up. So. <laughs> Most of the people who listen to Knife Talk are a lot of them learn how to make knives. I would say most of them learn how to make knives watching YouTube videos, which is great. Aaron Goff, Michael Trolsky, uh, and then when you get into it a little bit more, you'll watch a little Nick Wheeler. They're great. But what happens is, is what these guys do is they just, you know, you're, you're only, you can only make what you, you know, making Damascus is not something you can do if you just have a backyard, you know, in your backyard. Yeah. You might need a power hammer. You might need a press, or you need a guy with a striker. You need, you know, you need a, uh, uh, your forge needs to be very fuel rich, and you have to get it to high temperatures. It's not easy. So what happens is, is like guys will be like, hey, well, I can, I can put. What happens is, is with a carbon steel knife, you put a little mustard on a rag, you dot the carbon steel, and then the carbon steel will patina. But if you if you do it in a controlled way, you can make this model texture. So what happens is, is people ask about that. And, and the real, the good thing about using the mustard is, you know, with carbon steel, it's like regular steel. It'll patina with acid and then it'll rust. And then, but if you want to prevent the rust or, or kind of, you know, slow it down, you can do a mustard patina and that will uh, make what I call a scaffolding on the knife. So you don't have to be so meticulous. Yeah. So meticulous. It's just a good starting point. So what happens is, is these guys do these mustard patinas, and then some of them make it seem like they're Damascus knives. Yeah. So a lot of people get like, you know, don't, you know, mustard patina, you're, you're, you're being a cheater, you're being a liar. So I was just making the point of like, look, you got to do whatever it takes. And sometimes whatever it takes might not be for everybody, but the most important thing is just don't lie. Yeah. So that's where we we get a lot of people who a lot of people in the knife world are very territorial. And one of the other things they they're like, this is cheating. That's cheating. If you have help, that's cheating. There's all these like these guys, they get like, you know, they cry to mama because somebody's cheating. It's like yeah. so we're dealing with that on a weekly basis. Yeah. So that was. I, yeah. The thing is, like, the, I, I think the way that you're describing it there, it's it's similar to the people that do like a laser etched Damascus pattern on it. Like it's right. it It's. It's flat out lying. If you say it's a laser etched pattern, then fair enough. But if you say, oh, it's a Damascus blade. No, it's not. You've just put it on with lasers and that's flat out lying. But just to go back to what you were saying about um, the learning of things, like there's two points that I want to make, which is the first one. I'm slightly disappointed that you didn't do your full rant on uh, that you did on the, uh, the Knife Talk episode about why people shouldn't learn on YouTube because that was fucking genius and the best <laughs> oh. reasoning for not learning on YouTube I've ever heard. And if you want to know about it, go listen to that episode because it was beautiful. Well, um, that's a good, that's a good tease right there. Yeah. That's right. A tease, that's a good radio <laughs> tease right there, boy. Yeah. You've been studying up. That was a good one. I um, got a lot of problems from that one, by the way. <laughs> oh, mate, it was, I I'm sure you did that. Fine. But, but the other thing that I, I really like is the fact that whenever you, um, uh, whenever someone asks you about how do I get to be a better knife maker, when you're talking about forged work, you always tell them to go take a blacksmithing class. And that's one of the things that I've, I get all the time is like when people say, come up to us and say, ah, oh, how can I be- get better at making knives or how can I make this knife or whatever? Um, my 
first reaction is always go and make a thousand nails because it's if you're forging it out it's those basic blacksmithing skills that are going to help you be a better um bladesmith um i mean obviously it's different if you're just doing the the stock removal side of things but if you're forging stuff out then it's those basic skills and it's really nice hearing uh someone else say that and not say ah well you need to take my class and do this that and the other it's Go go learn the basics because I think a lot of people kind of forget about that. Well, it's th- we're in a very interesting time. YouTube, thank God for YouTube because I wouldn't have had I, I wouldn't have been able to redo my kitchen. You know, yeah. doing being able to do the floors <laughs> and how to do tiles and how do I do this? I watch YouTube videos to redo my entire kitchen, right? But what happens is is and you can do you can like I said I'm gonna give you the the two best guys if you want to learn how to make a knife you've never made a knife before Michael Trolsky Aaron yeah. Goff. Those are the best how to make a knife with very little stuff, right? Yeah. But the problem is, is as time has gone on and I've become friend, very friendly with a lot of master bladesmiths from the ABS and uh, guys that I really respect. And I was a, you know, I was a blacksmith at the Center for Metal Arts and I used to do a little teaching. There was definitely this like, oh, that's awesome. We're, we're getting people interested in this. But then all of a sudden, just like people are doing things incorrectly yeah. and they're passing bad information off where they <clears throat> should be, you know, on YouTube. So there was this, I got a lot of not I didn't get criticism, but I heard I and I don't even take criticism. I listen. I hear I hear what you're saying. You know, I understand. So I really wanted to make I am with you the open sesame of the question. (laughs) That's the open sesame line of all open sesame lines. I can't go into it. But when I started saying I'm with you and I'll jump back into this, that stops a conversation cold. It's the greatest. I mean, it's like I'm with you is almost like hypnotism. Yeah, but I don't want to go into it. So I really started to listen to a lot of these guys, and I understood, especially going to the Blade Show and going to all these things. And, you know, these goddamn YouTube guys, everyone's learning on YouTube, and they're learning bad practices or whatever. All of a sudden, they think that they're, you know, ready to go on Forge and Fire or whatever. <laughs> and I really felt and, – and, and a lot of it's because these schools generally don't do a great job on, on promotion anyway. Yeah. You know, and, and what you have is you have the opportunity to promote – um really good learning and it's like i've said this on, on our podcast a million times it's like don't if you want to learn how to be get in good shape and you go to the gym get a trainer and they'll show you the proper ways to do it blacksmithing is so much different as you guys know than then you can't really learn how the, the, it's supposed to feel how the difference when the steel's cold, getting cold and you can yeah. feel it through your hammer and you should be ha- you know the hammer is an extension of your hand and you have to have this subtle tactile things that takes a long time that you cannot learn on 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 youtube so i really try to help as that's my own personal uh thing is i want to help the schools i want to help the center for mental arts and new england school of metalworks and and penland school and all these uh adirondack folk schools because ultimately it's important to have them there and once the desire comes there'll be more opportunities for more classes you know and i think that you know, I know what Jimmy Duress is doing, having all these guys come up is awesome. And, you know, it, it's really, really important because this this is all, you know, the blacksmithing thing is dying. It's been dying for a long time. And it's like yeah. this is now you have the opportunity for resurgence because now people want to learn how to make things. And, um, yeah, I just try to push the schools as much as I can because we do so much like people learn from what we're doing. I always feel like I don't want to just be like, you know, you don't need to go to school. Go to, you know, watch this YouTube video. I, I really, I push the schools <laughs> as hard as I can, you know? Yeah. 
and, and that's the thing. I, I don't think there's any um, replacement for that that hands-on experience, especially with something like this that is so incredibly tactile. It it compels it 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 propels you in how to do things, and in a way that you will never learn on your own. Yeah, yeah never learn like, on like, your own. like mon- monkey see, monkey do. Like you can watch somebody do something and copy them, like. Uh, like I'm sure Rory will correct me, but like parrots don't necessarily know what they're saying. <laughs> yeah. So if you well, just see if you just see something on a video and you know step by step copy it, you're not understanding everything that goes into it. And I think that's your what what I'm drawn to with your work, Jeff. Particularly is like your understanding of the process and your appreciation of the process, even to the point of like you know the anatomy of things and drawing it out and illustrating the process and understanding every stage of something because well, that- you get it. That was a dumb reason. The reason why I started doing <laughs> notes, this is the stupidest reason. Because it looks I, nice. Well, you're being kind, but it really <laughs> was when I started the Center for Metal Arts, they used to pay me to take the classes. Like I was on, on a salaried employee. I would be the assistant to the teachers, Ori Hoffi and Fred Chris and all these guys. And then they want me to do it because it, they were investing in me being a blacksmith. Yeah. So I started to notice that nobody was taking notes. Like all these guys, they show up with their Carhartt pants and their... They got their coffee and their long beards and, and they're standing around with their hands on their hips and they're just like, yeah, nodding as if they know, you know, they're like a, com- they're like a compatriot of the teacher. Like, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, I know. You see what he's doing? I know. He's doing. And they don't, and with blacksmithing, the really great blacksmiths, and especially when you watch them, there's always something, there's always a step that mm. you, everyone always misses yeah. to make something excellent. Yeah, and I always used to. These guys used to say to me, "What are you just?" I watch, you know, watching them get their hands and drinking their coffee, and they're nodding in approval, like their approval, they're approving of what the teacher's doing. And then when they get down <laughs> to actually doing it, they would turn to something, turn to me or somebody there, and say, "What did he do there? How, how did he hold it against the anvil? Was he forty-five degrees? Where yeah. did he hit it? Was he halfway on, halfway off? Why is it? Why am I not up? What's upsetting? What's going on? You know." So I had to, and then my boss was paying me and he was just like you better know how to do this shit so i started sketching <laughs> quickly all these tiny steps yeah like, oh yeah we gotta we gotta hold it at a sp- certain angle and we gotta hit it hit the steel with halfway on the anvil halfway off so we can kind of drop it down and then make that ledge so then we can oh yeah by the way we got to go to the rounded side of the uh, uh the anvil the rounded side of the face not the sharp side because we want to get the rounded shoulder you know, it was this tiny thing. So I started doing yeah. it just because I always forget or yeah. somebody else would forget. And then that's when I started doing it. But it was like it wasn't because I was just like, I'm going to like reinvent the world because I'm stupid and I'm never going <laughs> to yeah, remember yeah. this stuff. They're the best and reasons I, to do things. That's yeah, always the best I, reasons to do things. I can't remember. I can I can just about remember my daughter's birthday, my wife's <laughs> birthday. And that's about it. And that, and then like everything else, I gotta write it down. Like I had when we put on this goddamn Skype call, I forgot my fucking password, so I had to redo <laughs> my whole password to get in on a Google. And I, I, when you saw me in the beginning looking at my phone, I was like, I better remember what my password is so I can re-put it in, so I can want to screw up how getting all my emails. <laughs> True, man. I'm dumb. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna ask Al before he kind of shot it towards you. But Al, you've worked with you know a lot of kiddos and doing the kind of volunteer work in the classes that you've, uh, or like the makerspace and then the zombie crazy thing that you told us about a while back. Like, are you? Is your experience in those situations as being not an expert in whatever the hell, but kind of being a generalist? 
do you see that as helpful because you're you're kind of disarming everybody from you know yeah, I, I feel he, like the guys on knife talk are, you know it depends on what specifically they're talking about but a lot of times when i listen to an episode it it always comes across like there's you know 20 ways to skin a cat it's okay if you do it this way you're trying you're learning you're doing all of these things and even though people look at you guys as experts on the podcast um it doesn't seem as harsh or like like there's a black and white so al you in your experience what is it what is it that you're experiencing from these people that come to you and say oh we're taking this class or doing this soupy or this silly zombie weapon survival thing but you're not an expert survivalist or an expert prop maker or anything like that so what is your experience if you if you, if you think you know everything you can't teach anyone like oh, you, you 100%, can 100 percent. you can yeah. only teach someone if you're learning at the same time yeah because you're 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 absorbing it while you're doing it you're in the process you're like oh shit i've just realized like to to you know to your point jeff like that little angle that you're striking it's like oh yeah no that, that does make a difference and you can yeah. adapt while you're doing it and that's that's how you teach because people see you doing those things if it's just a lecture nobody's going to pay attention um you know, I'm not an expert at any of those things, but I'm pretty good at problem solving. So I can, you know, I can problem solve my way out of most things just through either brute force or like, you know, we've we talked about winging it in the past, but being able to to quickly adapt and learn things. And then I think my in my experience anyway, people react better to you, seeing you realize things while you're doing it. Yeah. So when, when, when people see the penny drop with you, it's like it, they, they can there's empathy with that. They can understand and they can see themselves in that. And, th- and then they learn. If you're just, if you're just standing in front of a room of people and just like, I'm really good at this. Watch me be really good at this. Like, yeah. They're not, <laughs> not going to fucking learn. Are they? They're not going to be able to, they're, because they're not going to be able to associate with that. Yeah. Um, and I, sorry. I was just going to say, like, I, I genuinely think that's one of the reasons why I, uh, I tend to do quite well when I'm teaching is because I'll fuck up. <laughs> and, and not all of the time, like on purpose. Sometimes I just genuinely fuck up, and it's like, yeah. oh yeah, I forgot to tell you. Don't don't leave your iron in the fire for that long because it's gonna melt. Like actually doing those mistakes, and and I think it, like it, it's also about being relatable as well because nobody wants to sit and listen to someone that's just like, I'm so great, I do everything perfectly. Look at me, I'm wonderful. But that that was that was, that was the educational model for. Yeah, thousands of years was was yeah. what you know. W- sit there and, and watch me while I lecture you, um, and I guess that goes back to to Jeff. Your point about YouTube is if you're just sitting watching somebody do something on YouTube, you can't learn. Yeah, you can you can copy to your to, but you'll miss those steps. And like I hate to bring it back to food every fucking time, but it someone can cook the same shit and miss out that one little step because they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, and it tastes like shit. P.S. In regards to teachers, I mean, they didn't help. They didn't help when they came up with the the name professor. I mean, that is like you're behind the eight ball already. It's just like I'm gonna fucking I gotta listen to this motherfucker, and he's gonna just fucking profess to be the whole guy. <laughs> I, I personally, I personally have have weaseled my way into not be, to to being uh, the anti expert because yeah. I'm perfectly happy saying I don't know, I have yeah. no idea, or no, and, and guess what? I don't even care. So that that actually <laughs> has benefited me greatly because, like, I'll get some DMs about how to do this, and I'll be like, I don't know, talk to somebody else, or yeah. I don't know, maybe I don't know. Works for me. The funny thing is, we talk about this guy on the podcast a lot. His name is Nick Wheeler. He is one of the most exquisite 
knife makers in the in the United States in the Pacific Northwest. And he does he was he does these videos that are like not introductory videos. He'll he'll do a video yeah. on how you hand sand. He'll do a video on how you use a, a belt grinder. He'll he's do a video on how you use a disc grinder. He will give you like the science behind the mm. science and like the if you're like intermediate, you want to step your game up. Watch Nick Wheeler videos. He and his knives are are extraordinary. He makes these Bowie knives. They're crazy, crazy. He gets he sent me a DM um, after my episode where he's just like, you have no idea how many people tell me I'm doing it wrong. He's like all the time, all the time. Why are you working so hard? It's all it's like these crazy people who they'll watch one video and then they'll go off to one of the best knife makers in the in the world and they'll tell him he's doing it wrong. And he gets so fucking mad. And it's just like, but the problem is, is people get their noses bent out of shape so much and he has to constantly say, well, there's a million ways to do it. And this is just yeah, the way yeah, I yeah. do it. Leave me alone. I don't I'm lucky enough that I just say, listen, I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> I, I trust me trust me no one hates no one thinks i'm dumber than i think that i am so i never i don't get the problems because it's just like what well, you said on all right he said he's stupid so yeah. fine. i don't have to go crazy yeah this was pretty good but he said he was a dope fine yeah. it's a it's it's a total get out of jail free card i'm an idiot yeah. but- you're listening to me so fine <laughs> but i think that's that's one of the things though is like so many people seem to assume that if if you're saying, oh, yeah, I, I do it like this, I, I go through this step, this step, and this step, and I get this result. And so many people say, oh, no, that's wrong. You're doing it wrong. I do it like this. Great. Okay. Do it differently. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying you have to do it like this. I'm just saying, this is the way that I do this thing, and I'm sharing it with you. Like, I don't, it, it annoys me so much that people get bent so out of shape about the fact that someone does something differently to them. <laughs> I feel I feel like Jeff's example and I'm I know I'm just regurgitating from the episode but I like the example that you brought up about the race. Uh oh yeah. That sounds weird out of context. So Jeff was Super talking weird. about the difference between like if you're in a race with somebody and you're both going towards the finish line, whoever gets there first great, you know, did you train more for it? Did, whatever. If you're a person that goes off one block, gets in a taxi cab and then beats everybody to the finish line, then then you can have talks with people and then people are allowed to come at you and be like, you're a cheater or you're a liar or whatever the hell. But when it comes to just being like, I'm in a 5K for a fundraiser, we're all going to get there. I hope this is all for, you know, in my mind, the interpretation was just kind of like, if we're all at the end of the day trying to make stuff or whether or not we are making products or just, exploring or trying to teach ourselves new skills i I don't see the reasoning behind getting into everybody's shit about who's doing it the right way or who's not because so much about it is how you learn individually how do you learn to get to that thing like al is al said earlier he's a really good problem solver and i think a lot of the people in our crew are amazing problem solvers and they're very creative people. So whether or not they know what the process is to get to the end game, they will take it apart into all of the pieces and then find ways to solve the problems all the way through. It's not just a question of, Oh, I need to get to the finish line first. How many steps can I knock out? Like I appreciate the people that will go. So this guy takes 50 steps to get there. And this person takes 10 steps to get there. Why? And then actually, 
contra or compare those two and figure out what the advantages or disadvantages or maybe what tools they have versus the lack of tools that they have you know i yeah all the million ways to skin a cat of the 10 different ways to make knives and everybody's saying who's right and wrong i will stand on one side of the fence talking about damascus but at the end of the day like i'm not a huge knife guy if you're making cool knives i think Morocco's work is beautiful yeah. but i did have a good laugh with john about Damascus. Yeah, we were talking about. Well, it. that brings us to a different situation. Knife makers versus bladesmiths and blacksmiths are totally different people. Oh God, but yeah. What yeah. I, but I was going to tell you is, this is why the expression "I'm with you" is perfect, because <laughs> yeah. when you get someone to tell you you you're doing something wrong, it was the I, "I'm with you." I wasn't going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. I started with "I'm with you" because I had these guys are coming to my shop, and they'd start to profess to me. You just tell me this, the politics, this, this, this person, this, and you don't, and they're, they're talking at me. They're talking at yeah. me and they're, there's, I, and, and I'm, and I, and all I can think of in my life is how I get this motherfucker out of here. How can I tell this person to leave me alone? And I would say, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. And so all of a sudden it was like, it stopped the conversation cold. Yeah. I'm listening to you. I'm, I'm being empathetic to you. Now leave me alone. <laughs> and it was, it was, and it, and it started with "I'm with you, I'm with you," and then all of a sudden, I say "I'm with you" to people, and then it was, I, I didn't have to listen to these people, and it was like I, it's, it's saying I hear you, I hear you, what you're saying, and yeah. then it was just like it was my secret that it was like I'm shutting people up, I'm using, I have the fucking door opener and door closer. The greatest door opener and door closer of all time is I'm with you. So I started saying it. To, I stopped conversations left and right. They, they, don't have to, they don't have to. They're preaching to the choir. I'm with yeah. you. I am with you. All right. I don't have to talk anymore. Yes, you don't. Now get out. Yeah. So then what happened was Rick and Jesse started saying that it was like this, this, uh, no, you know, this noble. I'm being a, I'm a loving, norm, no, uh, noble person who's, I, I really feel like I'm with you. And then they started saying it. Next thing you know, everyone thinks I'm being nice. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I, I, I'm with you. It works perfectly. If somebody gives you fritz, I'm with you. And it's all over. Yeah. There's no need to fight anymore. I hear what you're saying. I, I'm listening to you. I'm with you. I'm just wondering how many people are sat listening to this thinking, wait, Jeff said that to me loads. Yeah. All, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, know what, you know what? I, I got to be real careful on our podcast because I also do this thing where, to, you know, when with the emojis and, and texting and yeah. communication, the, the people keep going. I mean, it's like, when do you stop? What stops it? So I found that the champagne clinkers is the, I'm with you, <laughs> the, the two champagne glasses clinking together. Brilliant. Hold that's on. the that's the I'm with you of emojis. I'm gonna I, go back through my uh, yeah, DMs right now and figure out where the clinks are. That motherfucker, I use that motherfucker. I gotta find something new because I gotta keep my mouth shut. But I all of a sudden, people, I started sending them on the podcast, and people were like, "Hey, man, you've been sending me those things all the time." I'm like, "You're goddamn right, I have." <laughs> there so we go. Leave me alone. Let's stop talking. It's there we go. Champagne there we go. clink. Brilliant. Right there. I, I know that I do this champagne clink. Because <laughs> okay, oh, you give me a heart, then I give you a heart, then you give me yeah. a heart, and then I get. And then when are we done? Yeah. I, <laughs> I can stop replying. Champagne, glass, champagne glasses, and it's all over. No need to keep going. <laughs> it's fucking pretty. Oh, it's so but, good. Uh, Steve, Steve, we totally kind of talked over you. Did you have something? Do you remember what you were going to say? Uh, th that thing that I just started saying when you interrupted me to say that you keep interrupting me okay so you go now <laughs> uh yeah no all i was gonna say is um like i i love the fact that what you guys were saying about 
Yeah, it, it, it is. It, it's about um, you know finding your own way to do it. And you know, if if one person, like Brett said, if one person does it in fifty steps and one person does it in ten steps, then you know it, it's good to understand why and not necessarily criticize the person that's doing it in fifty or ten. Like it's finding out why they do it. Um, right. I mean, I would caveat that with with saying that you know sometimes there's you know that that person that's doing it in ten steps is maybe missing a step that they should be doing. Yeah, and but it's understanding the reasons behind it and understanding why that's that's important. Because once you understand the rules, then then you can go and break them. I mean, that's that's true of so many things. It's like it, if you understand um, why someone's doing something, then then you can go, okay, I get why he's doing that, but I don't need to do that because I'm not a fucking idiot and I didn't do that thing three steps ago that made him need to do it, sort of thing. Like it's. It's about if you understand the process, then then you can come at it in lots of different ways. And that's one of the great things about um, like the maker community and the blacksmithing community and all of these communities which make stuff and and share their processes for making it is the fact that you can see it done in several different ways and you can see it get to the same end result. And you can see that actually, you know, you can skip that step or, oh, wait, everyone does that one thing like everyone quenches that blade everyone does this thing everyone hits it in that way or saws that bit of wood right there or does whatever like (laughs) it's if you if you allow yourself to look at different people doing things in different ways then then when you go to do it yourself you can understand how you do it and what works best for you and that is spiffing Wait a second. Wait a second. Are you editing this? Uh, I'll cut this bit out, yeah. All right. You should do the difference between blacksmiths and bladesmiths. That's an interesting topic. Well, the real thing is it's the approach. I mean, the blacksmith, um, when I was at the Center for Mental Arts, we would do blacksmithing. We were completely 100% interested in what it looked like on the outside versus these knife makers and these bladesmiths. They want to. Care. I mean, I never heard about Damascus until I, I, I don't know, already done eight years into the Center for Metal Arts before I even really heard about Black, of Damascus. I didn't even care about it. Yeah. So like the blacksmiths are interesting because they're they're interested in what's on the inside. Yeah. The amount of forging that they do is is minimal compared yeah. to the rest of the work they're doing. So I I'm fascinated by that the difference between the the styles. But you're cutting this all out. So no, but even 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 like um even the before the whole kind of trendy knife making YouTube scene with chefs where it all kind of became like Vimeos and like, yeah. you know, uh, wide angle lenses and shit. Um, like we, we absolutely gave a shit about what was going on, on the inside. Like I remember like we'd in the kitchen, we'd all have very similar knives and then like the, the manufacturers would suddenly just use a different alloy and it would completely yeah. change what, how we'd use them and like sharp, you know, you're sharpening like all day, every day keeping an edge on stuff and like one guy's knife would be like losing an edge and be like, what's going on? Like, you know, we've got the same knife. Um, so like really less about the aesthetics and, you know, like beautiful handles and stuff. Cause it's just a, a utilitarian thing at, at that point, but really understand the metallurgy at that, at that stage. Yeah. And I, this is before I knew anything about as little as I know about smithing now. Yeah. Well, um, Jeff, you had a, you had a pretty decent background in food, correct? 
Yeah, yeah. I went to culinary school and I cooked in the city for a little bit. Yeah. So the thing that always kills me about watching like the hobbyist bladesmiths or the people that watch the shows or watch YouTube that get into it. And again, I'm admitting this to you guys. Like, I'm not a huge knife guy. I have an appreciation for him, but like, I I want one good knife from Steve Pellegrino. And I'm like, (laughs) I don't know. What I was saying about I'm I'm good, but these guys, these guys don't, the people that are making the knives don't hold a knife regularly like you have experience cooking and probably taking food apart al has a bullshit damascus knife that i made him <laughs> that's like way too fucking heavy and is basically a cleaver in the shape of a fucking chef's knife nothing, but it's takes, great for- nothing takes chicken wings apart like that knife dude <laughs> yeah no shit so like i i have a little bit of experience in food from my time out in Vegas, but like I look at that knife now and I'm like, Oh, the fucking profile is wrong because aesthetically bleh, but knowing that you're using it to like break down, uh, it's the, it's the chicken dismantler. Yeah. <laughs> if you're breaking down protein with it, then great. I made a, I made a decent chopper knife, but like, uh, fucking Jeff's knives. That is such a different level of knowledge of a tool. I was referring to really the construct. I mean, blacksmiths and bladesmiths in regards to construction. The construction yeah. in the building is blacksmiths are care about what it looks like on the outside versus bladesmiths. They, you know, you can for- you can forge a knife pretty rough, and then once yeah. you hit it on the grinder, hmm. you can take care of all the problems quite easily. As opposed to a guy named like uh, Jake Farum. I have a couple of Jake Farum hammers. Yeah, I mean, there is not an ounce of fat on those hammers. Yeah. <laughs> there is there. They are like. The crispiest. I like. I showed you that one when you were in my shop, yeah. Steve. Yeah. It, it, it. There. There is not an ounce of fat on that hammer. Yeah. And it's like that's the difference. It's like that's yeah. what's always fascinated me. That's that's what I quite like. Is is because for me it, it comes down to like the difference between a uh, I wouldn't even say a bladesmith as such, just a, a tool maker and a knife maker. Like yeah. the amount of people that that make knives that aren't ever designed to be used. They're just designed to to look really pretty, and then people that that make tools to be used. Um, because like there, there's a there's a couple of companies in the uh, in the UK because obviously we we make um, we obviously make the, the axes and stuff, but we, we make the occasional knife as well. We did the we had a little business doing uh, knife, uh, chef's knives for a little while, but that's no longer around. Um, and we're starting to do some more like in house stuff again, and. The amount of um, forged knives that we see where the final fit and finish on them is so fucking bad because, you know, the guy's just hammered it out because he wants it to look like it's been forged, ground it to shape, heat treated it and sharpened it, and then just stuck a pre-made wood handle on it. There's no, like, care and attention has gone into it. and. I, I I don't think it's even necessary about just um, like whether someone's a, a, a tool maker, a bladesmith, or a or a knife maker. It's just it, like that then comes into just caring about the quality of your work. I always I always thought the difference between uh, like blacksmithing and like master level blacksmithing, master level bladesmithing is like uh, cooking versus being a baker. Like a high level pastry chef knows the fucking science and everything is down to like the ounce or gram of ingredient. And 
when you're cooking, you got to just like work with what you got. You're trying to aim for the fucking end goal and like hopefully it looks good on the plate at the end. It's the same thing, Jeff. It's like internally, I need to know that if you're paying $700 for a knife, that it better be the business. And I'm seeing a lot of people putting up expensive knives in our little world that I'm like, I don't understand how you can charge that much. I know it's a shitty knife and they're still selling them. I don't look when it gets into that territory. This is when I start to do the whole I'm with you. No, you're not artists. You know, I don't think I have a big I I get a lot of um, uh, angry messages from uh, people that I've met. I fucking love it when you do that rant. Well, it's just easy. It's I mean, it's easy and true. And and it it comes down to the point where there's um, there's a strange pecking order that we have in regards to artists and craftsmen. And in (laughs) our minds, we feel like artists are a higher pecking order than craftsmen. You know, And, and what happens is, is we almost it's almost like an insult. So a lot of these guys and and honestly, 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 if somebody says you're not an artist and you're offended by that, you're not an artist because you, you shouldn't give a shit what do people think about you. Yeah. You know, that's really what it comes down to. It's like it's like you worried if I say you're not an artist. It's just like, you know, maybe you need to have a little bit of a you know thicker skin because, I mean, obviously you, when you're making art. You're you're creating something out of your mind with technique, and you're 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 uh, executing it, and it has meaning, and it's a it's it's it as a meaning to you. You can talk about it, you can explain why you did certain things, and there's something value to that. That it's a part of who you are, and there's usually a lot of there. I, in my opinion, as I've gotten older, I, I like the idea that it should be an original concept. You know, yeah. So. What I always think of knife making is it's really stringing a system, a pile of systems together. Yeah, and and I think that I think that people get mad at me when I say it because I just don't think that it makes it. I don't. I, I if people really what it comes down to is a lot of these people they who they never bought custom knives before they'll get the custom knife and they'll say and they don't know anything how to make things and they'll say something like you are an artist, you are a master, <laughs> you're an artist, yeah. and some of these guys hear it enough. Where they're like, yeah, you're right. I am a knife artist. I'm a knife artist. And they introduce you. What do you do? I'm a knife artist. What, yeah, what do you mean? You're like, what? You get a watermelon and you carve it into a panda bear? I weld loads of knives together into like yeah. a sculpture. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but it's like, it's a, it's a, we have this, it's almost like when you refer to as a craftsperson, yeah. it's almost like a, it's almost like a slight. Yeah. And that's yeah. spiffing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that's the thing is like because you say that but it that that's what it comes down to a lot of the time is people act like being a craftsperson is it's it's on par with being like a manual laborer like right oh you just right. lug stuff around for a living like well right. actually no I, there's a lot more to it than that that's there's, the, there's the whole like carpenter joiner thing in woodworking yeah as well it's like just because you're not you know carving something that like you said jeff makes a statement it's yeah but you can be absolutely amazing at what you do Exactly. Through precision and, and, you know, beauty and whatever. Because I think when (laughs) when we talked about it on the, because we did a a, crafts versus art episode ages ago. And I think like the, I can't remember which one of us said it, but like the the end conclusion was basically, you know, an artist is someone that has the vision. A crafts person is the person that makes that, like that makes that vision a reality because they've got the skills and the ability to be able to make that, that mental image a real thing. Whereas an artist just, is is the person that comes up with that that weird wonderful concept? 
Yeah, and then you you want to be the best of both worlds, right? You're like my fucking idea and my execution. Like if yeah. you can be the start to finish to that, then great. Well, also, modern art in, or contemporary art, I should say, is very flawed in the sense that um, you know, if you're a glass blower, you're not considered a sculptor. You know, yeah. you're not considered an artist. I mean, they 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 have they're they're relegated except for your Dale Chihuly or a couple other guys. You're relegated to this kind of American in America. You're uh, this craft. Like you can't. You're not going. If you go to a sculpture show, you are. It's going to. You're going to have to work hard to find somebody that made some glass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think that there's this strange. Like I said, there's this strange pecking order. And the other thing is, is when I also say it, it's because I had experience with galleries and dealers, and I hate them. I hate. I hate. It's, it's basically, you know, what, what a lot of these knife guys don't realize is if you're in, a re, if you're a serious artist, you know, you when you do critiques, a lot of times these people want to know your pedigree. Well, who, where did you go to graduate school? You didn't go to graduate school. Now that means you're an outsider artist, or you're a naive artist, or you're, you're, uh, you know, you're like, you're, you're, there's this strange pecking order, and it all basically comes down to money. Like yeah. you're, it's a, it's I, I, I mean, I think artists ultimately are prostitutes. And the dealers and the gallerists are the pimps. Yeah. And what happens is, is they're going to try to run you down those johns until you can't, they can't, you know, squeeze another nickel out of you. And I've seen it. I've seen it a hundred times. And, and, and they make, they make these artists and then they break these artists. And, and, and the reason why I go after knife makers, is I have more respect for a craftsperson and a, and an artist. I have more respect for these craftspeople and knife makers. And I'm, I'm almost saying, don't go down this road. Yeah. It's it's nothing but nonsense. It's nothing but yeah. nonsense. And you I have I'm holding you to a higher light than these garbage human beings. And don't look down this road. Because <laughs> artists are the worst. I mean, artists literally, I mean, I was an artist for a long time. I have artists come into my shop to be interns, and just because they dye their hair and they get a lip ring and they wear <laughs> crazy clothes, all of a sudden that makes them an artist. And it's like, it's like, yo, what are you working on? Ah, I'm not, not working on anything. What do you mean? It's like, well, I'm not, you know, this is, this is the summertime. I don't make art yeah. in the summertime. What? What are you talking <laughs> about? If you're not, if you're not, if you, that my, if you're not completely compelled, I, I always used to say if, if I was on a deserted island with no hope of rescue, I would, and there was no hope of rescue, I'd still make sculpture because I was compelled to do it. Yeah. And that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. And that's spiffing. Uh, Bags, which means Brett is first. That's me. So I have no idea how this gentleman has flown under my radar for this long because it's not a small channel. (laughs) Um, I've been completely enthralled by uh, a channel that was suggested to me after I put up the uh, Dual Glaive video. Somebody had said, oh, you have to do a collaboration with this channel. And I went, oh, I don't know who that is. Immediately clicked over and it is the craftsman, like like crafts minus the T, the craftsman, steady crafting. The whole channel, the guy is a puppet. (laughs) Like he, he appreciates his anonymity and he wants his privacy. So he's... A super super talented builder maker does a lot of like toys and action figures and props and miniatures and he he's done sets he knows a lot about the filming processes of all these things and 
gives a lot of tips and tricks and tutorials about all kinds of things all over his channel. Um, you do have to get used to the fact that, you know, it might not be for some people like some of our channels, but it's very, very soft talking and it's kind of country sounding and it's almost ASMR level craziness. And it's a puppet effectively talking to you the whole time, but his work is great and he's extremely humble and ends basically every video by saying something super, super nice or reminding you to like, go say hi to your friends because they're your friends and they're special people. Okay. Bye. I love you all. <laughs> like he's adorable. He's basically the maker monster. If the maker monster had like a really nice uncle, that's, that's who this guy is. He's like, yeah, that's my, that's my nephew, Jake. You over there making <laughs> stuff in his monster shop. Fuck it, um, so the craftsman, steady crafting. And he also puts up his Patreon lists towards the end of every video. He'll be like, thanks to my Patreons. And I know, I know a few patrons that are also like shipmates of mine. I see their names on those lists and I appreciate you supporting him as well. Very nice. nice. So he's got a little, he's got to act. He's got a good little, he's got a good little thing going on. Dude, he is. He's an artist. <laughs> he is pretty fantastic. And, <laughs> and also like not huge on sponsors unless it's a product that he actually uses. He's talked about it plenty. He's like got a big following, you know, a couple hundred thousand subscribers and everything, but just seems like a super humble guy and he's a goof. He's a goof. Like he did it. He did the puppet because he wanted to maintain anonymity, but it became the thing that it's like, yeah, you go watch the fucking puppet guy make stuff. Nice. Great. Seems nice. Give it, give it a watch. I don't know. I, I feel like it might be totally up a lot of people's alley and then other people might be a little slow and a little soft. Yeah. No. And it looks like he's got such a, uh, like a really good range of things on there as well. So Awesome. Good shout, that man. Uh, Bags is Al is next. Yay. Um, I would like to spiff our good friend Dan Tarrant at the Wonky Workshop because um, he's just released another video, which has been a while since his last one, and he's got a product named after him. So I'm very <laughs> proud of him. Uh, I'm incredibly disappointed that it's not called the like the dandle dangle or something. I was say, what the, what's it actually called then? It's not. It's called something really professional sounding. Uh, the Tarrant Light Pull Drive Kit. Wow. Ah, it <laughs> it so should have been, been called dandles. the fucking the dandle dangle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well done, Dan. Um, another great vid and proud that you've got something on the shelf with your fucking name on it. That's something yes. to be very proud of. Definitely. Yes. Well deserved. Go check out Dan at the Wonky Workshop. Give him some love. Good shout. Nice one. Uh, G for Jeff. I would like to spiff right across the face. <laughs> Damascus Dave, that's DK Forgeworks. Yes. Let me just make sure I got his. Let me get sure I got it right. Uh, <laughs> you, you talk about him, I'll check. All right, DK Forgeworks. That's Dave Cordilla. Are there any underscores every no, all one word? <laughs> no, no, you mean like Chris Cash? <laughs> C Chris underscore had, underscore H underscore. All Chris had to do was Chris Cash tools, and then everything would be you know, right done. <laughs> but now we're talking about DK Forgeworks, aka Diamond Dave, aka uh, Damascus Dave. He is my favorite pain in the ass. <laughs> he is the uh, he is a good dude. He's a good hearted guy. I've known him for a long time. I knew him before Pat Quinn came to the Center for Mental Arts. He was uh, he would come around when John Ledford and I were down there. Smart, 
funny, clever, pain in the ass. <laughs> he, 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 he got to work a little bit harder on the, all the stuff he does for the uh, uh, knife shop, for uh, uh, the Blacksmith's Pub. And he got to work on better questions that he sends me <laughs> on Knife Talk. Some of them are so bad, I can't even stand it. And he got me down this terrible rabbit hole. We were at, we asked questions to our listeners, and Dave said, "Why don't you like pineapple pizza?" And then <laughs> oh, I, God. I thought this would be easy. This is easy. This is. A, I'm from New York. No problem. Pineapple pizza is abomination, and we just ended it there. Oh my God, Craig! Craig says I love pineapple pizza. Mariah says I love pineapple pizza. <laughs> and then half our listeners went out of their fucking minds. Half of them were like, "Pineapple pizza is abomination. Pineapple pizza is the best." You don't know. You don't know. Oh, <laughs> it turned into such a goddamn hullabaloo over this fucking pizza, and it's all Dave's fault. And now all of a sudden, all I get are these pineapples all the time. Pineapple <laughs> pizza sent to me, and I just want to. With that said. Dave is the one who turned me on to your podcast. So I owe Dave a honor. He's a super good dude. He, and he is my favorite pain in the ass. Go follow Damascus Dave. That's DK Forgeworks. And give him a little love. And give him a little pinch once in a while. When you see him, give him a little pinch. Pinch or a slap. <laughs> a pinch yeah. or a slap. Yeah. That is Dave, Dave and I are the two gentlemen in the Northeast just constantly looking for the smallest Fisher anvils available. Yeah. He got so, some good am- he got some good Fisher anvils. I know yeah. he. Yeah. Yes, he likes to send me pictures of all the good ones. <laughs> you know about that? We call uh, uh, Sunset and I refer to their city anvils and their country anvils. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> hey, hey, but hey, buttons are the loud clangers. We call those the 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 the, the country anvils, and then we yeah. call Fishers because they're quite quiet. Yes. Um, we call them city anvils. City anvils. Nice. Yeah. Right. All yeah. about that that construction. What's on the inside? That's right. I like right. that. I like the. That was a callback to your dude. That like hey, inside, <laughs> dude. If you listen, I'm telling you, just for the voice of this guy. Like I'm gonna go. listen to him. The craftsman. I'm. I'm. I'm all over it. The craftsman is me. Your host. The craftsman. Yeah, Dave is a, a great shout. Uh, he is a super lovely guy, and I got to meet him very briefly at Maker's Camp, but I didn't realize he wasn't gonna be around the whole weekend. And he basically was like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna fuck off now. Bye." Yeah. Uh, so I like he's got responsibilities. Give me brick. I, I both love him and hate him for leaving without letting me know that he was gonna be leaving. He's a good um, dude. He's a good uh, dude. yeah. He, he showed up awesome. to my hand. Oh, one of my he won't showed up to a hammer with like a 400 pound anvil. And he, I'm like, "What are you doing?" He's like, <laughs> I needed a 400 pound anvil. I'm like, Jesus Christ. fucking brilliant. Bless him. Um, also, uh, speaking of pineapple and stuff. Uh, I I don't know if you guys do. You guys have like kebab houses in in America, like like an English Chihuahua. kebab house. Yeah, like it's a it's where you go for at the end of a night out. You go and you get like a really dirty kebab uh, or yeah, in the or city. Or in the city. So go go there. Get a Hawaiian burger, which is a burger with cheese and pineapple on it, and put a little chili sauce on that. Oh fuck, that's good! Wow, that's that is a good burger. It's a damn fine burger. I uh, was always a Grace Papaya, two hot dogs with mustard and sauerkraut. That's what I because they were all, used to be up open up all night. So I, that's go. what I would do. see. Had I had to uh, go to Papaya. I I was gonna say yeah. If you get a hot dog, so it, it's got to be Fenway special, two chili dogs, single portion of fries. Nom 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 nom. 
Jeez Louise. That's a, that's a diarrhea. That's a diarrhea central <laughs> waiting to happen. Yeah. Chili dogs. Oh, man. Jeez. Ah, chili dogs. Anyway, All right, Steve, go. Um, yes. So, uh, seeing as we were talking about artists, uh, I am actually going to spiff an artist, friend of mine. Um, I know. Uh, classic uh, or cl- like I say, classically trained artist, I guess. Um, but yeah, uh, James is a good friend. Um, he's uh, James Button Art on the internet. It'll be in the uh, shows. Um, but mostly, I'm not spiffing him in such that you know, I think everyone's going to really enjoy going out and, and looking at his, his artwork. Um, it's more the fact that he's, over the last couple months, he started doing lots of uh, live streams. Um, mostly on Facebook, and it'll be for an hour or two at a time. And it's just, he's got a camera set up on his canvas, a camera set up on him, and a camera set up on his paint palette. Um, And, you know, there might be two people on the live stream, there might be 20 people on the live stream, but he's always talking, he's explaining what he's doing. He's got a really dry sense of humor as well, so he'll occasionally just talk shit. Um, and it, it, it's one of those, like, if I've got time, I'll be like, oh, I'll just quickly drop in just to give, you know, show a bit of support to to James and end up staying there for like an hour and a half, just watching him paint. And it's really, really interesting seeing like the process that he goes through, how how he um, transfers something from from real life onto the canvas. Um, and, this is and like yeah. a hun- this is like a hundred episode callback. You spiffed him ages ago, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but this is... Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, because I don't think he was actually even doing the live streams then. Right. Um, Holy shit. I think but, I was on the podcast. I think that was one of the first episodes that yeah. I did. Yeah. I think it was oh, like 100 episodes yeah. ago. Wow. <laughs> he's like Francis Bacon. It's really cool. Yeah. Wow. And he, he's he's such a nice dude, but he's got, I say, really dry sense of humor as well. Um, and it, it it's one of those things, like watching the live stream, I actually kind of suddenly start picking up things but without even realizing that i'm doing it so um so yeah if you get the chance go and check him out because he is spiffing yeah nice uh right is there any other business anything you guys want to talk about i would like to thank you all oh you want to do beefs yeah i I was just (laughs) i was just saying i love the expression on your face when you said that though (laughs) I mean, so whatever is your show, man. Oh, I'm you want, I was just going to thank you for having me on, but if you want to do beefs, we can if you want to do beefs, go for it. I mean, we're going to be a long episode anyway, so fuck it. Well, go ahead. Beef. Start, <laughs> all right, so on on Knife Talk, we I don't know, you know, on our podcast Knife Talk, we just decided we can't just do tips all the time. We should we should do we 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 would answer questions, and then we would uh, have people give their tips in, and then we're like, let's what's what's getting to us, and we started bitching and moaning. <laughs> and we, we, we really what it is, it's not, it's, you know, you're complaining about, you know, nonsense. Yeah. So uh, we would say the beef of the week. And, and the funny thing is, is like, you know, Craig, would, you would talk about something, but Mareko would always talk about other people's driving. Like he, <laughs> there must have been like five episodes in a row about like yeah. Connecticut drivers and Washington <laughs> drivers. I can't, these drivers, he's all, he gets so mad. So. We would say what each other's beefs are. So maybe you guys should start in. I haven't really thought about a beef for this show, but um, mm. yeah, Ooh. interesting. But it's nonsense. It's just you know complaining. I, I like yeah. to do the beefing about you know dumb stuff, not yeah. like real things. Exactly, and that, that's what makes it fun. Is it goes, it goes back to what we were saying at the beginning of the show, like getting worked up about stuff that just doesn't matter. But um, well, I, th- 
I tell you what, anybody that wants some beef, go listen to Knife Talk and hear some <laughs> amazing beef. And there you go. If we think of some, maybe, maybe well, maybe we're, we're actually going to be doing before before uh, oh, it's the years, all beef review. We're doing the all beef. Yeah, we did the all beef review where yes. you sent in your beefs to Knife Talk podcast on Instagram. We'll read them all off, and some of them are funny. Some of them. Oh, are I would I would love to have that like getting, user submitted. We're, we're getting a we're getting a good. I'm uh, putting a pile together. So if you want to be involved with the all beef review, it's our end of the year bitch sesh where you, the listener, gets to beef. Can you tell us your beefs? We'll read them. We'll read <laughs> them all. And it's, it's my favorite thing. We the last year we did it. We had one guy did an audio beef, and he had this incredible Mary Poppins like Dick Van Dyke uh, uh, accent, and we just couldn't stop laughing. My beef, my beef. It's fucking people. You know, it was great. It was awesome. Fucking we just, brilliant. We fucking loved it. It was just because his accent. It was it was a terrible beef, but his accent yeah. was fantastic. My fucking beef. And then Craig started going, goes, fucking hell, Mary Poppins. Thing, you know, it's like fucking hell, Mary Poppins was like we had. A, it took about you know six months to shake that one. Yeah, fucking brilliant. Yeah, because I, I might just send in like a list of dumb shit. Go ahead, I'll read them. Because we. I'll read we Genuinely, we had someone uh, ask about one of the the chef's knives that we have on display, and their question was, "Yeah, but have have you got any knives that you could use for chopping?" So, oh, yeah. What the fucking yeah? Anyway, it's that that we get so many beefs. It's about it's all of our beefs are usually about our their customers, people's yeah. customers. Customer I'll tell you a beef I got. I'll tell you a beef I got. <laughs> I had a customer. I had a customer reach out. What what I normally get is I get a guy. Or a girl, a woman. I'm gonna be vague because all of a sudden, some of my customers start listening to podcasts, and I call someone. <laughs> yeah. I, I referred to someone as a tick. One of my customers. Oh a tick. shit! Yes. And then that person sent me a message saying, "Hey, guess who the, the tick is? It's me. It's the tick." I'm like, "Oh goddamn it! I gotta be real careful." So I had a guy call up, and he says, "Oh, you know, what kind of metal should I? You know, I I know all about knives and blah 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 blah." He's like, "I need to know what type of metal you're gonna use." As soon as somebody says, "What kind of metal?" You yeah. know these. You know what they're talking about. He starts giving <laughs> buzzwords and buzzwords, and using these words to kind of make sure that he knows. It's like I'm sure Al, when when people when uh, non cooks are talking to you about what, what you, when they're referring to your protein, <laughs> how I cut my protein. Well, when I use the, I think when cooks when people say to cooks, when I cut my protein, I only use. It's the same thing. These nice guys, they use a couple buzzwords, and all of a sudden they'll talk about you know I like my Rockwell to be. 95 you know you don't understand it's like what are you talking about yeah so I, I oh you want a glass knife you yeah want i always get knife. customers who once in a while and i always say to them just talk normal yeah. there's no reason to <laughs> yeah, yeah. you don't have to impress me i trust me i'm not going to be impressed people are, I, I like to come to your shop and i want to show you all my knives i don't want to see them I'm not <laughs> at all. so I, I i do have a lot of cut i get a lot of customers i'm gonna like hold it there and just say sometimes my customers they just, you need to act, you need to talk to me like a normal person. There's no, I'm not special. I'm an awful, dumb moron. And, and, you, and, and you can just like, let it go there. Just let it, leave it, leave it there. You don't need to impress me. I'm not going to be impressed. I don't leave me alone. So beef out. Oh, that was how you do a beef. Spiral. You have to spiral down. Yeah. It's, I, I fucking love you. Uh, right. Does, I'm with any... you. There you go. Does anybody else have uh, any other business? No. Let me in, let me in one day, and I hit the beef here, and I kind of liked it. <laughs> um, the only uh, AOV that I have uh, is the fact that um, 
our course dates are live. So if anybody in the UK wants to come and do a little bit of Ooh. blacksmithing, go check out the website. There's lots of cool stuff on there. We've also officially released the Forge and Feasts. Um, we've got Gil Meller and Nick Weston on at the moment. Um, so the basic premise is you come along, you do a bit of forging. Chef comes along at lunch and does a bit of a quick like meet and greet and talk and that. Do some more forging in the afternoon and then have a big cooking demonstration uh, in the evening. Uh, whilst the rest, or like me, Joe and Al, set up a banquet table in the workshop. And then everyone eats together in the workshop, surrounded by anvils and stuff. And it's That's awesome. fucking amazing. That's I awesome. cannot wait. Um, but obviously not everyone is in the UK. Uh, so if you want to do some blacksmithing and you're in the US, there's lots and lots of places. And in the last episode of Knife Talk, Jeff gave a whole list of different places you could go. <laughs> so uh. go, go listen to that because... I'm guessing you can't remember them all off the top of your head. I can. Uh, there's the Center for Metal Arts in Johnstown, PA. There's uh, the New England School of Metalwork up in Maine, Auburn, Maine. There's uh, the Penland School down in one of the Carolinas. I don't remember which one. And there's the Adirondack Folk School, too. Uh, there's a lot of great places. I don't know about out west, and I'm sure there are great places, and there's more people. I'm actually going to be teaching a class down at Doghouse Forge. Uh, there's nice. a couple slots open in February. If you're in Lakeland, Florida area and you want to make, we're going to do bottle openers. We're going to do tongs. I think there's a friction folder class. I'm doing a I'm doing these friction folders lately. So we're going to do one of those and you know, it's good to, it's good to go to school if you can. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, Yeah. So there you go. Go check that out. Uh, Speaking of which, uh, Jeff, if people want to check you out, where can they find you on the internet? Fader knives. That's F E D E R. F is in Frank, or as my father used. My father used to say Fader. F is in Frank, and then when my sisters and I got older, we started saying F is in fuck. So <laughs> F is in fuck. E D E R K N I V E S on Instagram, um, and then I'm on the Knife Talk podcast on Instagram. If you want to get involved with Knife Talk, we're very uh, into using you know in using instagram to get all of our questions if you want to interact with us knife talk podcast on instagram is where where to go nice Sweet. awesome thank you uh, so much guys I, I i i'm i had such a great time this was such a fun hang and and you guys are awesome and i love what you're doing for this community and and uh, i'm thrilled to be on it it was a lot of fun um it, it's it's such a fucking pleasure having you on i'm with you jeff uh, my <laughs> man used in the right that means get out yeah, perfect, 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 100%. Uh, right, yeah, and if you want to get a hold of us, you can find us in all of the usual social media places. You can find me at Moonshine Metalworks. You can find Brett at Skull and Spade 13. And you can find Al at Al's Hack Shack. <laughs> yes. Uh, and if you want to find us as a group, you can find us at FWT Podcast on Instagram, fwtpodcast.com on the websites. And... You can find us. Shut up, Al. And you can find us <laughs> 110 on, times <laughs> on Facebook. I didn't say www this time. It's fine. All right. Uh, you can find us on Facebook uh, in the Fools with Tools group where you can go and see all the lovely things that everyone's been giving to each other because we're a giving group. Oh. And on that note, we love you. Bye. I'm with you. I'm with Bye. All of you. Bye. Bye.